Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you've tuned in to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, and I'm your host for today. And I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. And you just heard the intro into the show that gives you the call-in number, and that is 303-690-3000. So I invite you to call in. And as I've always said, this is your show, The Listener, and what a wonderful opportunity, what a blessing for us to be able to come together. As uh, those of you listening on Grace FM, you're listening live on this Tuesday afternoon. So glad that you can join us from Pueblo and Colorado Springs and up into northern Colorado uh, with the 89.7 signal uh, that gets up into southern Wyoming, the Panhandle, Nebraska, out here in the plains of northeast Colorado Give me a call, 303-690-3000. And then I also want to welcome all those who are listening on perhaps Hope or Truth FM on the East Coast. Uh, you can call, too, at that same number, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And as you're listening on the radio to Calvary Live, I know it's evening right now. It is a week delayed, and uh, but you can call in and uh, take. we will take your questions and your prayer requests, and then uh, it will air a week later. But we're so glad to be connected to you guys out east. And then also the online listeners that are tuned in, whether on a smartphone or a tablet or the Grace FM website, welcome. And I would encourage you to download the mobile app on Grace FM. I know it will be a tremendous blessing because not only do you get to listen to Calvary Live, but wonderful Bible teaching all day long, 24-7. What a blessing. And uh, so we encourage you to do that. But the online listeners, you can call anywhere in the country, as we have listeners from Washington, uh, down to Southern California, even in Texas. Hey, you guys in Texas, I know it's been a difficult few days with this winter storm that has come in. We've been reading about how many of you have lost power and, you know, um, it's just been really bad for you guys in Texas. That storm is moving up through the Midwest. We have listeners right now and to the East Coast. And so we're praying for you guys. Here in Colorado, we were under the grip of the cold weather this weekend, and it has begun to break. It's starting to move east uh, of Colorado here. We're grateful for the snow, uh, but it's just hard when it's below freezing. Winter uh, storm comes in with ice, and you guys get that ice down there in Texas and uh, and the you know ice storms that come through the Midwest. I used to live in the Midwest growing up there in eastern Kansas. So we're praying for you guys and, and heading towards you who are listening on Hope and Truth FM. Our prayers are with you during this time. And it just makes it hard because pipes freeze and the roads are icy and uh, power goes out. Many are without power in Texas. So we are praying for you. Um, we do want to um, just uh, encourage you to be safe 
as you have another way to be able to ask a question or prayer request, and that's through texting. And we always want to be uh, safe uh, as we text, and that is another way for you to be a part of the program. And that number is 720-336-0897. So text me a question or prayer request, and as we have time, we will go to those questions uh, and prayer requests that are um, are received here during this hour. I do want to remind you that that text line is the 24-7 text line for prayer requests. You can text in a prayer request anytime, day or night, and there will be those that will be praying for you. So 720-336-0897. Let's go to Justin in Denver. Hey, Hi, Justin. Jeff. How are you? Doing all right, just uh, driving home, so I'll, I'll uh, make it quick. I just had a question. Um, so it was just the, I guess, the differences in the uh, the lineages of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. Yeah, and they are different genealogies um, yeah. that I believe that you're asking about. And uh, as we go through those genealogies, they are different. And um, I'm going to kind of pull it up here, but Matthew's Gospel... Uh, in the beginning has the genealogy that I believe that goes through Joseph. And then uh, we have uh, the genealogy that goes through, in Luke's gospel is the other one, and that goes through Mary, and there's a different reasons for those. And I'm just going to uh, pull it up and make sure um, that I get it right, because it's easy to get it mixed up. And, you know, one of the, the reasons is because we know that Jesus uh, is in the um, Gospels are um, told that he's going to be a descendant of, of, what, David, right? So you see that the people would yell out, son of David, you know, son of David, um, because that was a messianic term. So what we have is Matthew traces the genealogy from Jesus to Abraham. Luke traces the genealogy from Jesus to Adam. But there's um, a good reason to, to, to understand that um, Matthew traces the line through David's son Solomon, while Luke gives Joseph's father, um, and we know that, um, that uh, it is Luke traces the line through David's son Nathan. So there's two different lines that it goes through. And uh, so David and Jesus, the only names the genealogies have in common are Zerubbabel and then another name as well. So uh, there, there's two different genealogies through two different lines of David um, that Luke is recording Mary's genealogy. As I said, Matthew's recording Joseph's. Um, Matthew following the line of Joseph, Jesus' legal father through David's son, uh, Solomon, while Luke is following the line of Mary, Jesus' blood relative through David's son, Nathan. So those are the two differences that are there. And, you know, particularly in Matthew, but it's the show that Jesus has the rightful, um, you know, claim to be the Messiah, being the son of David, uh, and coming through those lines as well. So, um, you know, uh, Jesus is a descendant of David, therefore eligible to be the Messiah. So that's the main difference. 
Right on. Thank you for the clarity. Um, and then I just have a, a quick uh, prayer request. My uh, brother and his family, they're experiencing the outages right now in Texas. Are they in Texas? Yes, they're uh, they're just north of Dallas. Yeah, and it's pretty bad in that area, isn't it? So I got yeah. I got some relatives down in Austin area. I haven't had time to talk to them, but let's pray for them. And I think we need to pray for those. This storm is heading out of Texas, I believe, today and heading towards the Midwest, and, and they're going to have some problems. So, Father, we just do pray for those in Texas to have these outages. Uh, it has been um, very difficult for them in the cold without power, uh, and uh, turbines freezing up, natural gas not being able to be started back up, all kinds of problems. And we thank you for those who are out working and restoring power and trying to get the utilities back and the, the power back on. But we just pray for everyone, those who are out in the elements, that you keep them safe, that the power would be restored, and um, and that you would be with those who are without power, that uh, perhaps pipes are freezing uh, maybe having to travel on the icy roads uh, in the ice storms. We just lift everybody up. We just pray that the storm would move out, the warmth would begin to return. We also want to pray for those who are in the path of this storm that's going to affect the upper Midwest uh, and out on the East Coast. To many in our listening area that are listening on Hope and Truth FM, we just pray that you would be with them, bless them, and Lord, also as we have heard about tornadoes in North Carolina uh, that has done damage, we just pray for safety for everyone during this difficult storm system that is moving through, that is affecting millions of people. We pray for your hand to be upon everyone, that everybody would be able to be safe, uh, that power would be restored, and, uh, Lord, that uh, we're looking forward to spring, um, that that would come quickly. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks so much, Pastor Jeff. Uh, you have great you bet. day. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate you calling. Be safe driving. Yes, sir. Thanks. Maybe you're driving home and you got a, you know, a little bit of hands-off you know, uh, system to where you can call in, or maybe uh, you're at home getting a snack for the kids. Uh, kids are all trying to get back into school in person. We pray that's going well for you. Uh, maybe perhaps you're uh, finishing up work. We would uh, just love to have you call if you got a minute. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got an open line, but let's go to Maryland where Paul's on line too. Paul? Hey, Pastor. How you doing? Good. You're on Calvary Live. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, and what like can we do for before, you? Paul, well, like I was telling you before, we just uh, settled on, on the house um, last Monday. So I would just like a prayer request for wisdom and um, and and family. Um, bring everybody back together uh, to bring family closer together. Um, to understand, I, I guess to understand the meaning of family. Yeah, and I also have uh, one son who is not a believer. I have one son who is a believer. And one of my, my oldest brother passed away uh, a couple years ago. Um, and my other brother, I sent him a, I get a daily, um, a daily uh, verse every day. Um, uh-huh. And I sent it to him. I sent it to him and, and he, he kind of threw me off 
because he, he really blasted me when I sent him that. So I, I would like just to have a have a general yeah. general prayer request for family, uh, wisdom, Absolutely. and uh, um, just the overall. Uh, yeah, and overall you know to inc- yeah to God. Yeah, and you know, it, um, Paul. Sorry to interrupt you. You're kind of uh, going in and out, but I just want to say the the Lord cares for your family. And now that you have settled into a house for that wisdom for your family to come together, and you know, we all have family stuff, and the dynamics of family can be strained and even severed, as you've been explaining. And the Lord knows all that's going on, but we're going to pray for you and to know this that. You know, the Lord loves families. And going through Matthew on Sunday morning, uh, we saw that Mary grabbed her sons and said, let's go see Jesus. And um, and we know that Mark tells us that his own thought that he was beside himself. And, um, and his own is a reference to probably his family. So they came, and they were concerned. And, and you know, Jesus, of course, was the perfect sibling. He had the perfect brother, and Jesus had sisters, and I know technically half-brothers and sisters, uh, but, you know, we all have families, and family was important back in ancient Israel, and uh, so, um, you know, it was what tribe are you from, where do you settle, and family's important today to, to many of us. That doesn't change. So, Father, I just pray. I just pray that you would, uh, Lord, uh, just be with Paul as he's moved into a new house, for wisdom, and Lord, um, that you would just, as they get settled in, um, all the things that go with having a new home. Um, and I pray that that it would be a home for their family, where there'd be a coming together, um, there, there'd be healing where it needs to be healing, that there would be a restoring of relationships where they're severed. Lord, that um, you pray, I pray for one of his sons that's a non-believer, that you would open up his eyes and his hearts to, Lord, receive you. And, Lord, give um, Paul just the wisdom to minister to him. And, uh, Lord, uh, and everyone else, Lord, you know the circumstances. You know what's going on. The the older brother that uh, is upset, all the things, you know the circumstances. But, Lord, we pray that you would work. And, Lord, that you would heal, that you would bring forgiveness where there needs to be that you would bring salvation to uh, Paul's family, that you would help him and just seeking you and being guided by you in how to minister and how to move forward and to make this home that he just got a real home, more than just wood and plaster and carpet and all of that, but, Lord, a home where you are praised and it's a sanctuary for his family and a place where truth is spoken and, Lord, that they would perceive your presence and that there would be praises of thanksgiving in that home as well. So we just lift all this up to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Paul, hey, be, pr- be praying, okay? Keep in touch, okay? Yes, sir. All right. God bless you. 303-690-3000. So good to hear from you guys out on the East Coast and uh, Hope FM and Philadelphia and Maryland and New Jersey and Truth FM, parts of uh, North Carolina. And I know there were some tornadoes. I don't know exactly where, uh, but, um, you know, we're coming into that season where it can happen in the South. And uh, so um, 
we know that there's uh, some Truth FM in Tennessee in those areas. So, again, just praying for everybody to be safe. And so glad that you have joined us. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the message. We got full lines. But when somebody hangs up, um, usually there is a line that's available. But we do want to go to Judah in Colorado. Judah? Judah, are you there? Judah, he is, I guess we don't have Judah anymore. So Judah asked a question. Judah, if you're listening, I do want to answer your question. The question that, that I got is, what do you think our age of our resurrected bodies will be? And it was interesting because I was going to ask you what you thought was, but if we don't know, and, um, you know, eternity, there's time is completely different. But if I had to guess an age, I think it would be 30 years of age. And the reason that I think that is because that's when David became king, when he was 30. Uh, that's when Jesus began his ministry, when he was 30. That's when the priests would start their ministries at the age of 30. So I just think we're all going to be 30 years of age. But uh, our resurrected bodies, of course, are going to be celestial bodies. They're going to be eternal, no sickness, no disease. Um, and uh, they're made for eternity. I believe that my resurrected body, I'll have more hair and be thinner, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be glorious, and we look forward to that. So, Judah, hopefully, if I had to make a guess, about 30 years of age, just on that, but we don't know for sure. The Bible doesn't say, but uh, we won't be aging. Uh, we know that, and we're not going to ha- you know, there's not going to be babies, um, babies that go ahead to, uh, when they get resurrected, we'll have um, new resurrected bodies as well. And and I think we'll be about that 30 years of age or looking that way. So we'll find out. We'll see. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And so I believe that we got a couple open lines. So give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sarah in Baltimore. Sarah? Sarah? Carolyn. It's Carolyn. Carolyn? I am so mm-hmm. sorry. You're on Calvary Live. Yes. Um, am I wrong if I keep, I keep asking Lord for something, but God may have another way of doing it when I pray? Mm-hmm. I, keep pray I keep praying for it divine healing. I mean, you know, sometimes doctors can give up on you and, and then you don't know what's going to happen to you. Right. And it's just like God um, healed a woman that had the issue for 12 years. Right. And he told the man to pick up his bed and walk. Mm-hmm. So, we, so I do believe God is still working out miracles. Yes. So... Um, I'm trying to hold on to my faith. Yeah. Um, it's been a challenge. I mean, I love the Lord. I'm a worshiper. But um, I've been, it's, you know. It's hard. It's hard, yes. It's hard. And here's the thing. First of and all. I'm try- and, I'm try- and I'm trying to be humble. And um, I try not to cry. And, you know, um the word of God said there's many voices out there and you wanna sit you wanna hear that still small voice and I'll hear the voice, you know, the Holy Spirit say, Stop crying. I tried to 
Yeah. You know. Go yeah. ahead. Your turn. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. And I'm so glad you called, Carolyn, because first of all, you know, the Lord wants you to keep coming to him. He tells of a parable, a persistent widow that kept coming to the judge and asking. And Jesus said, ask, please ask that your joy may be full. So the Lord, he doesn't tire of us coming to him. And one of the things that um, we were going over in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus went up in Tyre and Sidon, he ministered to a Canaanite woman. And, and that story just amazes me when you really think about it, because Jesus answered four times. And the first time that he answered her, she comes to him and says, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is, you know, severely, and Mark's gospel says, my young daughter is severely demon-possessed. And, and it says that Jesus answered her not a word. And, and I caught that when I was teaching that, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I've read it many times, but he answered her not a word. And there are times where we feel like that we are crying out to the Lord, and it feels like, Lord, you're not answering me. Lord, uh, I don't hear you. Why are you being silent? But his silence to her at that time was not disapproval. It was not because he didn't care. When you read that story, it seems like, you know, here are the disciples saying, send her away, send her away. And and Jesus is, you know, not answering her a word. But he was drawing out from her faith. And I know that there are times where Jesus, as we are in that place of waiting, that he's drawing out. It's not a sign of disapproval. It's not a sign of he doesn't care. But he is working, even when we feel like that he's silent. And, and he would work in this woman's life to where she kept coming back, even though things seemed to be against her. And just hearing you, Caroline, you have faith in the Lord. You keep going to him, and he approves of that, and he loves you. But waiting on the Lord sometimes is very difficult. But know that as we wait for him, and you're waiting for a healing, that Healing is a work of God, a sovereign work of God, and, and you know, he will heal in his time. He's still working. He sees you. He loves you. He wants you to keep calling out to him. You hang on to that faith, and we're going to see that uh, in a couple weeks that Jesus, when he was transfigured on the mountain, that he comes down from the mountain, and there is a father that has a young boy that, again, is very much um, throwing himself on the ground. He's, he's you know, throwing himself in the fire, in the water. He's vexed with this demon. And he makes a beeline to Jesus. And when he makes a beeline to Jesus, he says, I went to your disciples. They couldn't help. Can you help me? And Jesus said, yes, if you only believe. And again, Mark's gospel gives us a little bit more information that father said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And there are times where we can falter and we become weak and we have doubts. And in the honesty of our hearts, as we give that to the Lord, that's all he wants. That's all he wants for him to just begin to build us up and to minister to us. But he doesn't give up on us. And he He desires for us to continue to look to him and, you know, one of the things that somebody was talking to me about today is is that they, they get discouraged. They wonder if God is working. You know, what do they do? And my encouragement to them is to be like David, who David, 
at a time where things were uncertain. And he says, Lord, that early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And Lord, I desire to look for your power and your glory. He, he's saying that at a time he's in the wilderness. And Caroline, keep going to the Lord. He loves it when you go to him. He hears you. He is working, even though you're waiting on him. And we're going to pray for that healing. Hang on to that faith that you have. And that woman, that Gentile woman, you know, displayed great faith as she said, you know, I'm not from the house of Israel, you know, um, but I do know that, you know, the crumbs fall from the master's table. And, and that as he heard that, he marveled. And you keep close to the Lord. You keep looking to him. And Father, I do pray um, that you would just... Um, be with my sister as she is praying for healing and we get discouraged in those times of waiting. And as we wait silently for you and as she does for you, that Lord, she would know that you love her. Do you see her? And Lord, that she, you know, you will never tire of her. And there may be others that do or, but you don't. And Lord, as she comes to you, that you would just reassure her that you are in her life and that your will will be done and that she can come to you because she has the spirit of adoption, not of fear, that can cry out, Abba, Father, Papa. We belong to you. So I pray for healing for her. I pray that you would just comfort her heart, that you would encourage her, that, Lord, that you would just bring every kind of of strength to her that she needs. Just reassure her her faith, Lord. And you're the one, as Isaiah says, you don't break a bruised reed and you don't quench a smoking flax. So Lord, I pray that you would just warm her heart and Lord, that you would strengthen her body and Lord, bring the healing that she's asking for because she trusts in you. And Lord, that you would help her to rest in you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Caroline, you call any time. We'll pray for you, okay? And, okay, and thank listen. You. You're welcome. God bless you. God bless you. You know, in that, in that story of the Canaanite woman, when the disciples are saying, send them away, you know, others may get tired of your cries, but the Lord never does. He never gets tired of your cries, and I, I want you to understand that. Keep going to him. Ask, Please ask, Jesus said, that your joy may be full. Um, I believe that we have two open lines, and so we're going to go to Arvada, where Jim is on line two. Jim? Hi. How are I, you? Uh, good. I, good. I had a question on uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.11. That's, right. It's about the, the verse that says, God will send a powerful delusion on those who reject him, and the way that I had heard it taught was that after the rapture, people that have clearly uh, rejected Jesus as Lord and Savior, they will not get a second chance. And I just wanted to know if you had any thoughts or point me in some direction or anything like that. Yeah, and I've gotten calls on that, and um, there are those who say that um, if you've rejected the gospel and the rapture happens, that when we go into the tribulation period, that 
that they won't have a second chance. Um, this is what the Scripture says when it's talking about, and I'm going to read it for the sake of, of the listeners that are listening right now. Um, that um, And you may hear some music here, because I just noticed we're getting really close to the break. But this is, I think, an important consideration, and, and you're asking a very important question. So I want to take time to unfold this and just kind of bring some clarity. So when we hear the music, we'll stop, we'll have the break, and then we'll come back. So um, And we'll just kind of explore this gym a little bit further. Um, but, you know, is there no second chance for those who have heard the gospel? They go into the tribulation period, the strong delusion. You hear the music. We're going to explore that. So, Jim, hang on. We'll be right back. It's the only break of the show, but we do have open lines, 303-690-3000. Give me a call, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you and had a great first half. We got a couple open lines, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. I am Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you this afternoon, taking your call and your questions. Um your prayer requests, and so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line to text in a question or a prayer request, and as we have time, we will go to the text line. So I'd love to hear from you. This is, again, your show, and we get to connect together, and maybe you got a question you've been wanting to ask uh, for a while, and, and you think, I'd like to ask my pastor something. Well, I'd love to answer it if you haven't had a chance to ask your pastor. Uh, I'm here to answer those questions for you that you might have, and we'll go to the scriptures together. And uh, we're going to pick up in just a second uh, Jim that had a very important question, but I want to make a, a, a quick announcement that those of you up here in the Greeley area in northern Colorado, uh, we welcome you and invite you to come to our in-person services this Sunday and uh, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock as we're going through Matthew's Gospel. And then check out everything that's taken place as we're going through Ezekiel on Wednesday night, um, online service, uh, we have men's study, uh, ladies' studies, young adults on Friday nights. Those of you, anybody listening up on campus at UNC or Ames Community College, or if you're just a young adult, uh, you can come on Friday nights at 7, and uh, youth on the weekend, all kinds of things that are taking place as we're maneuvering through all the COVID stuff, but we're uh, meeting together as as uh, the Lord leads us, and would love to have you come out on Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock for a Matthew study. We have children's ministry at all our services, and also middle schoolers meet at 9, 30, and 11. So Calvary Chapel Greeley, one word, dot O-R-G, and we're easy to find. So check us out. Love to have you come. Uh, but I do want to get back to Jim. Jim, you still with us? I'm here. Thanks, Jim, for holding. I think you asked an important question because I've, I've had that that question asked, and there are those who are saying, and for those who perhaps just joined the program, uh, that the question is, if you did not receive the gospel or rejected the gospel, 
uh, and then the rapture happens, and then we go into the tribulation period, that Second Thessalonians chapter 2, um, I'm going to start reading from verse 10, and with all unrighteous deception, is speaking of the coming of the lawless one, uh, who is the Antichrist, uh, who is uh, working uh, of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Now, the question is, first of all, what is that strong delusion? I think, me, as I read this, in the context, it is speaking of the Antichrist, that the Antichrist that will go into, as Paul writes in this chapter, into the temple of God, exalts himself above all that is called God or is worship. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the Antichrist in the middle of the tribulation period goes into the tribulation temple. He proclaims himself as God to be worshiped as God. And he's under the power of Satan and influenced by Satan. And that's one thing that Satan has always wanted it was to be worshiped. Um, he, in Isaiah 14, wanted to sit on the throne of God, exalt himself above God. Uh, he said to Jesus in the temptation, bow down and worship me and all these kingdoms of the world are yours. So the Antichrist is going to proclaim himself as God. So if somebody like now isn't receptive to the gospel and the rapture happens and then the tribulation period begins, does that mean that there's no hope of salvation for them? I don't see that in the scriptures. What I do see in Revelation chapter 14 is that there is going to be an angel that will come along and he will proclaim the everlasting gospel, one angel. The other angel will proclaim that Babylon has fallen. And then the third angel, as you see the proclamation of those three angels, that says if anyone takes the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation. So that's what I see in the book of Revelation. If you take the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation. But I, I don't see here where if you go into the tribulation period and you're going, man, what my you know, brother or my family or my friend told me that this is going to happen. Lord, I want to come to you, that the Lord would reject that. Um, there is going to be strong delusion, and there's going to be strong delusion to where people are going to be turning to the Antichrist, and if they make their allegiance with him and take the mark of the Antichrist, uh, then there's no hope of salvation. But uh, I personally like to believe that there are going to be those who are going to perhaps enter into the tribulation period. And, and listen, it's going to be hard for them. And there have been those who have responded to me, Jim, by saying, well, I don't know if this rapture thing is really true or the gospel, and I'll just wait and see if it happens. And it's like, no, if you can't do it now, how, how are you going to be able to live for him then? Because there's going to be persecution that's going to come against the saints and Revelation chapter 13 tells us that he's going to make war with the saints and prevail. That's the tribulation saints, that he's going to persecute the tribulation saints very heavily. He's going to persecute Israel. That's chapter 12 to where a remnant of them will flee to the rock city of Petra. But, you know, to just say that if you rejected the gospel and then all of a sudden the Antichrist comes on the scene, there's no hope of salvation— 
we know that there's the ministry, the 144,000 in Revelation chapter 7, that the result of their ministry is going to be those who come to believe out of every tribe, tongues, people, and nation. So I can tell you what the Scripture says, but that delusion is those who do make an allegiance and take the mark of the beast, and the angel does say that if you do take the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation. So hopefully that brings a little bit of clarity. Right. Yeah, it, it's mostly, I mean, my question is um, motivated from my own kids, you know, who have sat in church for, you know, most <laughs> most of their yeah. life, and then, and then just say, nah, that's not for me. And so, you know, it, it sounds, well, I mean, there is, like you said, it would be very difficult if they can't do it now. And this, this time, if there's uh, all, all the, uh, the the problems of the Antichrist and everything, right. and then why would, it would be very difficult then. So that's... It, it would be difficult, but I think just a... Uh... In my studies, unless I come up, you know, study something different, you know, to just have a blanket statement, if you reject the Gospels, maybe our kids, you know, or a family member or a friend that, you know, that has rejected it, and all of a sudden they find themselves in the tribulation period, that there's no hope of salvation for them. Um, if they take the mark of the beast, there's no hope of salvation. We know that. But there's going to be the 144,000 that are going to be evangelizing, like, 144,000 Billy Grahams or Greg Lorries. Um, there's going to be the two witnesses in Jerusalem. And the Antichrist doesn't go into the rebuilt temple until the middle of the tribulation period. So there is going to be those who are going to come um, to believe. And um, anyone who sincerely wants to come to the Lord during that time, he's going to receive them. And so that's what I see. And the strong delusion that's being spoken of, I've heard different thoughts on it. It is that the Antichrist is God. And anyone who uh, takes his mark, it is clear that they won't have salvation. But So there's going to be some clear choices to have to make, as we've been talking about in the tribulation period. So good question, Jim. Appreciate it. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, that gives me a slight amount of hope. <laughs> so It does. Always keep praying, and that, you know, I think the same thing, Jim. There are people that, you know, one of the saddest verses in Scripture is when Jeremiah saw the destruction of Jerusalem, he said, summer's over, and harvest is in, and we're not saved. And if we're as close to the rapture of the church as, as I believe that can happen at any time, we don't know the day or the hour, I pray that those that, that we leave, you know, teachings behind, Bibles behind, that they will have opportunity to get saved in the tribulation period. That's what I pray. So um, anyway, um, keep praying. We never want to stop praying for those kids, do we, or family members or friends. So Right. Oh, well, thank you. That's, uh, you, you, that's more you hopeful. <laughs> so yeah. great. You bet, Jim. God bless you. Thanks for calling us. Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. We're going to continue on. Great questions. Let's go to Richard in Colorado Springs. Hello, this Richard. is Richard in Colorado Springs. Hi, Richard. You're on Calvary Live. How can we pray yes. for you? I need prayer for my family in Chicago. Um, just received a message that my one of my, my sister's 
husband is a Chicago worker, especially in the snow drive there. And uh, he was driving a snow truck the other day, got out to help a stranded uh, individual, and the salt truck came and didn't see him and ran over him and flattened him like a pancake, my mom said. So we have some believers in the family and some who don't, but I continue to pray for them. And today, uh, I'm military retired and uh, working for James Irwin School, charter school driver, and I was listening to your program earlier today. It lifted me up in my spirit. And then I come back, and I hear there was talk, and you guys were praying for people. So I was like, oh, my Lord, thank you. This is a good time to get someone else to pray for my, my dear family in Chicago. Over. Absolutely. Absolutely, Richard. And I'm glad you called. And I want to say I'm so sorry for your loss. And I am so sorry for your family's loss, for your sister's husband. And we want to pray for the family. But I also want to pray for those who are out working in the snow. It's dangerous. And for you that, you know, are drivers and driving our kids around and out there on the roads. Father, I pray for Richard. I thank you that he found our show and that, Lord, that he was lifted up. But, Lord, I also know that there is pain and there is is grief going on in his family. And I just pray for um, Lord, his sister, for his family that have gone through this loss, his sister's husband who was serving others, helping others, and and lost his life. And I just pray for your comfort to be upon them. And Lord, that somehow that the family would perceive you. And Lord, even as he says, some of his family members are not believers, but they would come to know that life is fragile and um, and that even in the midst of tragedy, that you would draw them close to you. And Father, I pray that you would just give Richard uh, words to speak to his family of comfort. And Lord, I thank you for his service as he just retired from the military. I thank you for all those who serve our nation in that way, in an honorable way, in a good way. And Lord, I just pray that as he's uh, serving kids right now, that you would keep him safe, and Lord, just protect him. And Lord, I also pray for all the the snow drivers out there, so many of them that are helping people, um, clearing the roads, uh, helping people that are stuck, that you would just keep them safe. And those who are working on roads, Lord, it can be dangerous, and we just pray for their safety, Lord. And so I thank you for Richard's call. I pray that uh, he would just continue to listen and be encouraged and comforted by your word as he listens to Grace FM. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Richard, we'll be praying. God bless you. Be safe out there, okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes. 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. Plenty of time for you to call. Just rolling along, taking phone calls. And so just love to be able to talk with you. In the meantime, we're going to go to Arvada where Margaret is on, been waiting on the line. Hi, Margaret. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. You got a question for me? Yeah, I had a couple of questions. Uh, one of them is in regards of uh, if you commit suicide, um, my grandma used to tell me that 
if you do that, that you would automatically go to hell. Okay. And I was just wondering, I mean, I never really asked anybody about it because I didn't want to really talk about it, but I'm yeah, really it's wondering, a, it, uh, do you think difficult... that might be true? It's a difficult subject, and there have been those who have called, maybe because of a loved one that they had that committed suicide, and all hope has been taken away from them. The Bible does not say, let me say this again, the Bible does not say that if you commit suicide that you automatically go to hell. And the thing is, we know it's not God's will. We know that it is a sin that, as the Lord says, choose between life and death. We're to choose life, that that we are to look to him and trust in him. But there are times that even believers, and I've been a pastor, you know, Margaret, for, for 30 years almost, and 25 years here in Greeley, that there have been even people in our fellowship that were believers. They were serving the Lord, but somehow they just reached a point of hopelessness we don't understand it all, and they committed suicide. And listen, Jesus said there's only one sin that is unforgivable, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a rejection of Jesus Christ when you come to the end of your life and you reject him as Lord and Savior. It does not say that suicide is an unforgivable sin. So we need to be careful, those who say that, that automatically that they go to hell. There are people that reach that point. We don't fully understand it, um, and and it's um, a desperate point of hopelessness where they take their own lives. And I just want to say, while we're talking on the subject, anybody out there that's feeling suicidal, please talk to somebody. Get some help. Um, You know, talk to somebody. Call your church somebody, because there's always a reason to live. But, you know, um, we shouldn't give people a sense of hopelessness, you know, and uh, the Bible does not say that you automatically go to hell. So I hope that brings some comfort to you, Margaret. Um, um, my husband committed suicide about, well, I would say about almost nine years ago, and every day I pray that he she's in heaven somewhere but and then i think about what my grandma used to tell me so i'm like i'm just going to keep praying and praying that he is in heaven yeah with god you, you know margaret and i want to say i'm so sorry for your loss and the pain that you've gone through but you've just got to commit it to the lord and you know the bible says is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment and you know, that's why it's so important that we just keep giving people the gospel and the message of hope, because now's the time to receive that message. But, Margaret, can I pray for you and just for God's comfort to be upon you? Yes, please. Father, I pray for Margaret. I know that this is really just the the grief that she's gone through these nine years, and um, and there are others as well that have gone through a loved one a spouse, a child, um, a friend that committed suicide and took their own lives. So I pray, first of all, for comfort. I pray for strength in their time of grief. And Lord, if there isn't a day that, that Margaret wakes up and doesn't think about it in her loss. But Lord, I do pray that we would give a message of hope to others. There's always hope in Jesus. 
and there's always a reason to live, to live for him. And I just pray for those who are perhaps struggling through suicidal thoughts, that, Lord, that you would just minister to them, strengthen them. Lord, pull them out of that hopelessness and just despair that there's no other options. There's always an option to turn to you. I just pray for my sister, Margaret, that you just be with her. And, Lord, that she would comfort it by what the truth of your word has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Any Anytime you need prayer, Margaret, you call us, okay? Yeah, and then I have an, another real quick question about, um, I was reading this passage in the Bible where it's talking about the snake is going to bruise the heel, and I don't understand that very well. Well, the serpent, of course, tricked Eve, and all of a sudden, in chapter 3 of Genesis, you see that the Lord begins to speak to them about you know, the consequences of a fallen world. But what is so amazing, Margaret, that in chapter 3, verse 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and, and you shall uh, bruise his heel. That's the very first promise of Messiah. The Lord didn't leave us without any hope. And he says, listen, the seed's going to come from the woman, speaking of Mary. Messiah's going to be born. He's going to uh, to crush your head, serpent. You may bruise his heel. He's going to suffer on the cross. But it's the very first promise of hope and Messiah is going to come. The hope for all of us, Jesus going to the cross and dying for our sins. Amen? Oh, yeah, okay. I understand a little bit more about that then. Because yeah. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I'm glad you I called. Any, and if you got any other questions... You can give us a call back, all right? Okay, so thank you so much, and have a nice rest of the day. Thank you for calling, Margaret. God bless you. Hey, we got a little bit of time. I want to go to Donald in New Jersey. Yes, I'm here. How are you, Donald? I'm fine. And I love you your broadcast. A... And uh, right you. in my hometown, there's a called the Truth That Rocks. It might be the same station. Bill Link is a good friend of mine mm-hmm. with a radio station. I've been telling him I've been listening. I was over there and I ordered some books. Yeah, uh, The good, reason great. I'm calling, I've been seriously attacked by Satan over the last, I'd say, started in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe it. The EMT vehicles were coming up to my house. And pull me every few months to the medical center. And one night I was there, a doctor says, I'm different than the rest. And he sat down and spent about 15, 20 minutes with me. He says, they're bringing you here not because you say you have the condition you have, because you're a heart survivor and they're afraid you're going to have a stroke. God saved my life as a child, about eight years old, middle ear infection, meningitis, because mm-hmm. I had also caught. German needles, rubella. In Vietnam, he saved a knife from going in my back because another guard put it down. And we're looking right through it. He had a knife in his. 2015, three doors to my house, he saved me from a car accident. In 2013, Satan was in my bedroom and nagging at me after having a hernia operation, and I won that battle. But I, I, God was telling me from then on, be on the alert. 
Satan did attack me during the right. 2019 thing. I didn't know too much at that time until when it got into further that the spirit of fear was on me. I actually I was bonded and blinded and but um, my church was helping me. This past Friday, I was in bed about 4.30 in the morning, went to turn over, and I got shocked. It was uh, the Holy Spirit. Now, last year in June and also in October, God spoke to me in my kitchen. He said, you have a right to live. October comes from the market. The question is, why do you doubt me? Because I don't. But I said, it's my home life because I'm a caregiver, and my mother just turned 95 this past Christmas. And the fact that my home life and all that, um, the, um, the spirit got me up out of bed. My friend, a friend of mine from church gave me a book called Come, Come Away, My Beloved. And I said, Robert, and I was, went to reach for it, and I heard the Spirit say no, and I heard the word Spurgeon. And 4.30 in the morning, I'm on my knees praying, and I'm reading Charles Spurgeon's book on the Holy Spirit, reading both books back and forth. I figured God wants me to know as much as I can about the Holy Spirit. I do, was diseased, and my right ear was Pete Melanoma, and he prevented me from getting a biopsy. I don't know how diseased I am, and neither have a uproscopy. But God was always for me, and I was with my church. Actually, now I'm working with two churches. And um, I was going to the rescue mission and everything else, and I think he wants to put me probably on a mission. Well, he certainly has been. He certainly has been very merciful to you. It sounds like you've gone through so much, and you know, being in Vietnam, uh, in a car accident from a stroke, maybe cancer and stuff. So, you know, God has been merciful and he's not done with you. And, and, um, so Donald, I just want to pray for you as fathers. We're ending the show getting close to Lord. I do pray that, uh, you just be with him and you sustain him and every day that he can be used of you, whoever that you bring into his life those divine appointments that you would guide him, direct him. I thank you that you have been faithful to him, and Lord, that he's just growing in you, and uh, the truth that rocks uh, where he's growing in the Lord, uh, the church, and the fellowship. Lord, just continue to use him. Have your hand upon him, and Lord, knowing that, um, you know, that you want to use us, even in our weaknesses, Every day that we have opportunity, Lord, and uh, and you desire to do that with him. So I just pray you bless Donald in every way. Um, and I'm so grateful that you want to use us. And it's in Jesus' name that you pray. Amen. I'm also Amen. with our dear red ministry. I get all the our dear red. And also, like I said, the red commission. I, I, I do so much. I have evil in my house. Two and a half minutes. Okay, so, hey, got to go. We got one more caller going to try to get in. Donald, thank you so much. Let's see if we can get Samuel in real quick. Samuel, you there? Yes, I am. 
Hey, I got about two minutes, so sorry we're short on time, but I'm going to give it to you. Sure. I just had a question about uh, when uh, Joseph was uh, speaking to his brothers um, when uh, he had put the cup in the saddle of the... and basically kind of trapped Benjamin on it. And he said, don't you right. know I can find these things out by divination? And I was just kind of curious about that phrasing that he used on that and why he would say that. And it just, I was reminded of that when I was reading a, a Psalm in the New King James the other day where it said something about uh, kings mm-hmm. and divination. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the exact location of that, but I, yeah. I was just curious your thoughts on that phrase. That I, I think it. Joseph in Genesis 44, where we read about that, that he hadn't revealed himself to his brothers, so he's still kind of kind of trying to conceal his identity. So he puts that that silver cup in Benjamin's sack, so they would have to come back, and they would naturally think that, hey, this is you know the prime minister of Egypt. Of course, he's going to be involved in idol worship, and we took his idol, and we're in big trouble. So I think it was just a means for Joseph to to get Benjamin and them to come back to where we see that then Judah intercedes on behalf of Benjamin, and then Joseph reveals himself to his brother. So that's where the story uh, takes me. It it would be a a natural kind of thing. They would think that. Uh, But we know that Joseph had a heart for the Lord. Uh, He is one that in the scripture, along with Daniel, that doesn't speak of any sin um, that was committed. Uh, he was a sinner like everybody, and um, but he, uh, he used that to bring his brothers back. So I wish we had more time to explain it. So you know what, Samuel, give me a call back or give us a call back. And we'd love to talk more about it. Hey, thank you, everybody. You hear the music. And thanks for calling, being part of the show. God You've bless been you. listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.